0: Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton. And
1: I'm Haley Wooden.
0: And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Haley, we want to talk about kind of the big business stories that I think everyone is keeping an eye on this past week. Uh, what's catching your attention?
1: Yeah, big news from Health Canada around proposed cannabis regulations. We have some greater clarity this week on how the federal government would like to regulate recreational marijuana here in Canada. Now, the regulations broadly touch on six areas related to recreational marijuana and then also address the medical market, too. We had Deepak Anand, the former executive director of the Canadian National Medical Marijuana Association. He's now with Cannabis Compliance. He joined our radio show to talk sort of what he thought was significant from this announcement. And one of the big pieces, of course, relates to packaging. But the other is opening the door to have craft cannabis producers or micro producers. So it's not just going to be big conglomerate corporations in the market. The government will allow, you know, having a craft producer, which is interesting when you think about what this business landscape is going to look
0: like yeah i think so much of this industry is going to be very analogous to what we're seeing with say the the beer industry mm-hmm. in canada recently and uh, we've kind of seen shades of that i think we talked about this earlier with a lot of acquisitions by the big giants of these smaller i don't know, i guess you could call them craft cannabis producers at yeah. this point But uh, And that kind of reminds me of what we're seeing in the beer industry, too. Say uh, Molson or um, all those other big guys taking over the, the small craft breweries. And a lot of people, they're not even aware necessarily that their local craft brewer as maybe owned by a giant and i wonder maybe that could come into play with the cannabis industry further down the road and
1: i'm curious who will care too because unlike beer which has been legal for decades and decades with us with all alcohol in canada people understand the product whereas here you might have consumers who are venturing into it it's their first time or they're maybe not experienced so to understand okay well what is craft cannabis how do they differ how does potency vary product to product There's i think going to be maybe a, a Bit of an educational change well,
0: too at the risk of sounding like a total square I have to admit I don't have any real experience with say people that are supplying this to me or anything like this mm-hmm. and so I but I have to believe that the people that are really into it um, they must have like their go-to individual right now I'm sure so I, I they, there might be some picky people out there when it comes to like whatever products they want to get maybe that's going to keep that black market persisting for a while i i think there's still like a long way to go when it comes to making sure that the new regulated industry actually does stamp out the black market even if we do have kind of a persistence of craft cannabis producers i i don't know if that means people are automatically going to this guy or that guy because like you said people would have their own preferences just like maybe they do with beer
1: yeah. And I, I know I'm also sort of new to this too. I think a lot of people are trying to f- sort of figure out the extent of this industry, but they have competitions around the world for different strains of marijuana and to buy certain strains and reproduce plants. It's a There's a whole industry out there that's been established for quite some time, but it is People who are entrenched in that industry who know all about it. It's not necessarily your average consumer or, say, a business person who wants to get into this industry for the first time.
0: I'm just proud that we were able to go through that entire segment without doing a bad pun. So it just seems like you're obligated (laughs) to do that with any discussion about uh, cannabis.
1: It's pretty, it's easy to make puns on this one. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll end it there before we accidentally (laughs) make some puns.
0: Well, speaking of uh, big national news, though, we do have Ottawa rolling out its $40 billion national housing strategy. And, look, we do have some industry feedback that we're getting here at Business in Vancouver. Uh, Developer and architect Michael Geller says, you know, the governments are going to have difficulty securing enough land for the thousands of homes that they plan to build. I have no doubt about that. You look at what's going on in the city of Vancouver I mean, you could have residential development land going for north of $450 a square foot. Of course, I mean, city of Vancouver, they certainly own some land. I don't know what they're going to be able to to give up for a lot of this, but I think it's still going to be tough. Uh, David Goodman from HQ HQ Commercial, I mean, he's one of the city's top rental building sales agents. He's saying that the rental rates recommended here, they're – "Quote unquote, fantasy, not nearly high enough. And it's going to take some serious government subsidies to make it all work. So I, I am curious. I, I, I think it's kind of astounding that we do have these uh, strategies rolling out. I wonder if there's going to be some bumps in the road, though, as this goes forward over the next few years.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've reached a point where governments can't not do something to address housing affordability. It's been an issue that we've talked about extensively on the podcast and the radio show at BIV. But I think the land issue is going to be a, a, a crucial one, oh, yeah. not only securing the land, but also the cost of it too, because there are dollar figures allocated to these programs. It's very expensive to secure land and development. And we're talking about long timelines too. So it's not like we're going to get new supply overnight here.
0: Yeah. And look, I, I maybe pointed to City of Vancouver but recall we're having that HQ 2 Amazon discussion going on mm. and people kept saying well where are you going to put all of this that they that Amazon's requiring and this is a kind of a private enterprise trying to get in there i people are like well no this is going to be a regional bid and i think this is going to play out the same way it, it's not like all of a sudden you know like 40 different condo towers of affordable housing are going to spring up in downtown Vancouver, it's going to be more of a regional thing where we have affordable housing spread out across the region. It's still tough. I mean, if you know a, a plurality of people are working in Vancouver across the region, you still have kind of the commuting issues that you're going to have to deal with, transportation issues, even if there is affordable housing. I, there's just so many things at play here. I, I Like I said, I, I'm going to be fascinated to watch how the, the next few years play out.
1: Yeah, same here. We actually had um, a developer on our radio show from Chard Development talking about how there has been quite a bit of speculation with people who do own land holding out for really high bids. And if you have a program like this and you know some government money is going to be allocated, I wonder if you might see some of that in the market too. Because that's been an issue developers have had to deal with. People who own the land rightfully to some extent think they can get a lot of money for it. But developers aren't necessarily willing to pay because they have certain costs, right? And it has to be economical. So yeah, it's a whole issue. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for quite some time.
0: Well, stay with us after the break. We're going to continue our discussion about the top stories catching our attention this week. But this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting assurance business advisory tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott accountants and business advisors a call at 604-714-3600, that's 604-714-3600, or else check them out on their website at manningelliet.ca. Haley, what else uh, catching your attention right now?
1: Well, laws they've been the subject of a couple of investigations. One is still ongoing, and that's the Competition Bureau's investigation into the fixed pricing of bread which is an interesting issue that's still ongoing but one investigation has closed and that was looking into Loblaws and whether they were competing unfairly in the marketplace so not necessarily a case of it being too big to fail but a case of Loblaws having grown so big in the grocery retail and now drugstore space that their influence is actually affecting the market and having a unfair effects on competitors there are some claims by suppliers that their relationship with Loblaws influenced their relationship with other deals and dealers um, the idea here that Loblaws could maybe ask for preferential treatment from suppliers who would then have to make up costs with competitors costs that would ultimately get passed on to consumers now not enough evidence was found so the investigation has been dropped and Loblaws breathing a sigh of relief I think it's fair to say coming out and you know saying that they're pleased with the uh, the fact that little evidence was found, they have been found to have some anti-competitive policies, but the company said they dropped those in January 2016.
0: It is fascinating kind of the parallels you hear about these complaints versus just say a giant like Walmart, where Walmart mm. can keep demanding lower and lower prices. And I mean, I mean, what's the recourse for... Somebody who wants to get their products on those shelves where they know they're going to be seen by more people than in any other kind of uh, single retailer. So you understand why there's maybe a lot of pressure on these suppliers to get their products there and get them at the lowest price possible because these big giants, they, they want the market share. They want to be able to say to people, we have the lowest prices, come shop here for this product, that product, and you'll stick around and get more.
1: Yeah, and Lobos has been growing. They acquired uh, TNT Markets a number of years ago and Shoppers Drug Mart three years ago, which is what sort of sparked this investigation, too. They've been doing quite well, even if they have hit some bumps along the way in terms of profitability. But they're a big company and they've been doing relatively well in the retail space, which has struggled quite a bit this year.
0: Okay. Well, for me, I, I always like to keep my ear to the ground with what's going on in the tech community here in Vancouver. We always hear about like uh, big growth going on. But CBRE, they have their new annual report on scoring tech talent in Canada. And Vancouver's actually falling in the rankings. We went from number two to number three. Ottawa overtook us in that slot there so I, there is a little bit of good news in this report. It's not all bad news. Um, they're pointing out the fact that despite the high cost of living in this area, the cost of employment is actually really low. But you can get very well educated people here, and you would actually be paying them like less than you would in San Francisco. I think everybody kind of knows that. But they actually broke down the salaries, just under seventy or just over seventy nine thousand dollars average salary here. I wonder, though, do you think Vancouver has a chance of going up in the rankings next year? We had Facebook announce that they're moving offices, adding 1,600 square feet. We have uh, Amazon adding a second downtown office, another 1,000 employees. We have Microsoft, they announced earlier this month as well, adding 50 new employees. I think if this is all about scoring how attractive a city is to companies, if they want to set up shop in Canada— Vancouver's not doing too shabby as far as 2017 goes. And these were the 2016 rankings that were just released uh, this week.
1: Yeah, we're still, you know, in the the top quartile or top, top whatever quartile. Kyle. It is. We're doing fairly well. But that comment about employment, it's a bit of a double edged sword because, yes, from an employer perspective, you can get access to cheaper but really qualified quality talent. But those lower salaries are one of the reasons why there have been affordability issues. They haven't kept pace with, say, the cost of real estate in the city. So and we've heard stories, too, about people not being able to afford living here that poses then issues when it comes to transportation and commuting or people may be wanting to go somewhere else if they could get a job say south of the border that's going to pay them more so well
0: and really if the cost of living is high and the average salary is lower then how do you really recruit that high-end skilled talent from say overseas or from other cities why would somebody want to go from i don't know Edmonton, where they're getting a real high salary, and you know it's much cheaper to own a home or or rent an apartment, and then come to Vancouver. I think the answer is obvious: Edmonton versus Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> just putting it out there. Winters, yeah. you know, but it, it's going to be a factor in a lot of people's decision.
1: Yeah, I mean. Obviously, we have a great lifestyle here, but it's whether you can afford it, too, because it's appealing. But if you get here and you can't live in the city, can't afford this, can't afford that. I'd then, say you the m-
0: money's worth it versus Edmonton. I, that's just me. There I, you go. I just, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to withstand a uh, winter uh, in uh, the prairies, for example.
1: No, I definitely, I can barely withstand winter here. And I know, oh, if I know. anyone's listening, that's um, <laughs> anyone in Canada east of us. I'm sure they're just shaking their heads, but it's uh, (laughs) a bad winter by Vancouver standards last year. And I have my fingers crossed that we don't repeat that. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, I want to thank you all for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Manning, L.A. accountants and business advisors. And Haley, if anyone who wants to track you down, follow your stories, uh, where's the best uh, place to find you online?
1: Best place to go, BIV.com for business news, other podcasts, radio clips too. And if you want to say hi to me, I'm on social media. My handle is at Haley Wooden, so feel free to reach me there.
0: You can find me on Twitter, I'm at Reporton, that's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N, and I want to thank everybody for listening to the Business in Vancouver podcast.